Ephesians chapter number 6. I'll give you a few minutes to turn there. I hear Bibles turning. That's the greatest sound in the world. It's here in pages turning. Ephesians chapter number 6. When you find your place, stand with us this morning. We're going to look at one verse this morning just for sake of time. We're going to pick out of this one verse. We may hit a couple more, but our main text this morning is a verse that probably everybody in here has heard before. You've heard it quoted, and I'm sure you've heard it preached. Many different times in my life I've heard this preached, but God began to speak to me weeks ago. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about that this morning. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you, I'm going to be just straight up honest with you this morning. And so if you want to judge me, judge me. Amen. But I'm just going to be honest with you this morning and tell you really how the Lord gave me this thought and this sermon. And uh, the Lord had to break me down to get me uh, to, to, to the place where He could give me this sermon. But I want you to pay attention to this verse this morning. Verse number 12. Ephesians chapter number 6, verse number 12. If you're there, would you shout amen with me? That was weak in God's house. If you're there, shout amen. There you go. Verse number 12 says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers. Not against flesh and blood. Do you understand what the Scripture is saying right there? We don't wrestle against each other. My brother's not my enemy. My sister's not my enemy. The church down the road is not my enemy. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. That's not our worry today. Our worry is against principalities and against powers and rulers of darkness. Boy, we're living in those days today where so many people are fighting the battle within themselves. How many people will agree with me this morning that the battle is not without, but the battle is within me today? That's where the devil's fighting. That's where the battlefield is. The battlefield is not the White House, and the battlefield is not out. The battlefield is within each and every one of us in here today because the devil is trying his best to turn us around. He's trying his best to get us to hug and to quit and to sit down and stop. That's what the devil's trying to do. And so I want to preach to you this morning just a simple thought called the war within. Let's pray. Father in heaven, God, we love you today. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you, God, for the reading of your word. Father, and I pray, God, right now, Lord, that you'd help me. God, one more time this morning, God, would you hide me behind the cross of Calvary. God, would you anoint me one more time afresh and anew. God, I need your touch, God. Lord, I need you to just move through this place today. Father, I pray, God, that you would take this vessel. Lord, cleanse me of sin, empty me of self, and fill me with the precious Holy Ghost of God. Lord, if there be one in here lost today, God, if there be one in here backslidden today, maybe a Christian in here today that's downhearted, God, fighting the battle, Lord, I pray today will be the day that they get on these altars and get the help that they need. Lord, I just want to say I love you. God, I thank you for one more time to stand behind this desk and preach your word. God, anoint your man this morning in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. You can be seated this morning. I began reading this text a few months ago. And I was out in a meeting and 
Matter of fact, I was in Conway, South Carolina, and I was getting ready to head to do a youth retreat down there, and, and everything in my life began to mess up that day. Everything that could go wrong was going wrong that day. And the devil began to fight me, and it was there that God started to tell me, son, that the war is not outside. It's not there with other people. The war is not out there. We're not warring this morning. We're not fighting against the homosexual crowd. We're not fighting against all these people. We have made it a fight, and we have made it a battle, but the battle is not out there. The battle is within me and you today because the devil is doing everything he can to tear down what God is trying to build up. The devil is trying to tear the church down. He's trying to tear the people down. The devil's goal is to divide and conquer. He knows if he can divide us and separate us and have us one on one side of this issue and one on the other side, if we can get divided, that's the time that we fall. The Bible said a house divided cannot stand. When we divide against the the center of God, when we get away from the, the centerpiece being God and we divide away from that, that's when we will begin to fall. And I said it this morning in Sunday school, America has divided away from God. We've got away from the principles and the morals and the standards that this this nation was founded upon. And when we got divided from God, that's when we begin to fall away. That's when we begin to have trouble. The devil is fighting within each and every one of us this morning and he's trying to get some of you to quit. He's trying to fight some of you and get you to hush and get you to sit down. Some of you come in here this morning with your heart so heavy, with your mind so bombarded with things that you can't raise your hands in worship. You can't exalt the Lord for how good He's been. It's because we've got so much stuff fighting within us that we can't even praise God. And that's the devil's goal today. Don't you know his goal is to overwhelm you and get you to a place where you can't even worship the Lord. He's got you in a place where you can get all the help you need. He's got you in a place where you can fall on your face and find the answers for everything wrong in your life. But so many of you will walk out of those double doors today the same way you came in. You'll come, you'll leave here today burdened down and weary and fatigued and tired. But the Bible said in John, Hey, come unto me all ye labor and heavy laden and I will give you rest. You're in a place this morning where you can find help for your soul. You can find rest for your soul. You can find peace for your soul. But that battle that's going on inside of you will keep you in your pew. It's the war that goes on inside of us. I began to study it and I was begging God to show me something that day. And God began to show me these few things I'm going to give you this morning. And then we're going to go eat some lunch. Somebody say amen right there. See, I got more amens out of lunch than I did a minute ago, bless God. (laughs) Y'all amen in lunch. Hush, preacher, let's go. But God showed me a few things about this war that's going on inside of us. Number one this morning, the war that takes place inside of us. I want you to see the place of the war. Now I've already told you it's within, but where is it within? 
Where is this war? Where does it take place? I believe first of all it takes place in our hearts first. It takes place in our hearts. Because see, the Bible said the heart is deceitful above all. The heart is wicked. Have you ever heard the saying, just follow your heart? Anybody ever heard that? Anybody ever heard it? Come on, this is the interactive part. This is where you do something. You've heard that statement. Well, let me just go ahead and tell you. Don't you ever follow your heart. Because your heart will lead you astray. Your heart will lead you to wickedness. You follow after the things of God. Not your heart. Our heart is wicked. And the devil will place desires in our hearts. That's where he wants to get those desires. In our hearts. Because we'll follow after those desires. We'll follow after those lusts. That's where lust is conceived in the heart. And when lust is conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And when sin it is finished, it bringeth forth death. Hey, that's where the heart is leading us. There's some of you today fighting a battle in your heart. The devil is trying to grab you and pull you away from where God is. But God wants your heart this morning. He wants everything you've got. He wants the stuff that's as close to you. He wants us to give Him our heart and lay it at His feet and begin to worship Him. But some of you today are fighting a battle within your heart on which way to go. Hey, which way to love? What to love? When to love? All these things. But I'm telling you this morning, on a Sunday morning, our hearts should be in the hands of God today. We should be loving on Him. We should be worshiping Him. We should be praising Him. We should be exalting Him. Our heart should be so in love with God this morning that not all of hell could stop us from worshiping Him. Nothing in the world can stop us from praising Him. Let me ask you something this morning, sir. Let me ask you something, ma'am. Where is your heart this morning? Is it in the hands of God or is it somewhere else today? The devil tries to prick our heart and pull us away from God. Pull us away from where we need to be. It's in the heart that that those desires come forward and the lust is perceived or produced. And now we start to act on on our heart. We act on our emotions. How many people know that we act on emotion a lot? As flesh and bone, we act on emotion. And those emotions come from our heart. Hey, we act on those things. You say, preacher, I don't act on emotion. Well, stick your hand up here and let me hit it with a hammer and tell you don't get all emotional about it now. Uh, don't get all emotional. We act on our emotions. Those, those emotions that come from our heart. Uh, and we begin to act on those things. Uh, we act in love toward our spouses uh, and toward others because it's the emotion of the heart. Uh, but when the devil can grab a hold of our heart uh, and make us fall in love with something else. Uh, you may tell you one of the problems with the churches today uh, is we fell in love with money. We fell in love uh, with that money. And the Bible said for the love of money, for that emotion, uh, for the love, money ain't bad, uh, but it's for the love of that money. When our heart is toward the money and not toward God, we've fallen in love with fame. We've fallen in love with popularity. We've fallen in love with all these things. And it's those emotions that take us out of the presence of God. It's those emotions. Some of you have fell in love with your pride. And it's your pride that will take you out of the presence of God. But friend, let me tell you this this morning. Hey, my God, my God says I can come to Him. I can come boldly before the throne.
throne. I've got power to go into His house, to go into His throne room. But let me tell you, I'm not going to be able to get in there today if my heart is not in sync with Him. If my heart is not in tune with Him. The devil is fighting to gain control of your heart. If he can grab your heart, he's got the rest of you. Because you'll act on those emotions. I told a group of teenagers the other day, I was preaching about the heart. That's the thing that gets our teenagers in trouble. It's their heart. They fall after their heart. The, the young ladies say, well, preacher, hey, he said he loved me. He said he cared about me. I had a young girl that was in my church when I was pastoring, 17 years old. She used to get up there and she would sing. That girl had the biggest mouth I have ever heard in my life. I could hear her from across the parking lot. She'd say, preacher, and I'd hear that big old mouth. She'd get up there and sing and God would move all over her. Man, God was using her life. We went to camp and, and I was preaching camp and all my kids came. Man, I had 14 kids come to camp. They all sat on the front row that week. Well, they was praising God. I was so excited. It wasn't long after that. I didn't see her coming to church much. And, and, and one night she called and she was weeping and crying. And, and, and she couldn't even get a word out. And I said, what's going on? And she finally told me, she said, Preacher, talking to you is harder than talking to my own daddy. She said, I'm pregnant. I said, I said honey, what... How long? When did this happen? You know, what, what in the world? You're 17 years old and you're in high school and she's weeping on the phone. She said, Preacher, but he told me that he loved me. He told me we was going to get married. We had been dating a long time, Preacher. He said everything was going to be all right. I said, Where is he right now? She said, He won't even answer the phone when I call. She said, I've tried to call him and he won't pick up the phone. He won't return my phone calls. She said, Preacher, he said that he loved me. He said we were going to get married. That's all she kept saying and she told me this she was pouring out her heart and she said preacher I'm being honest she said it only happened one time she said one time one time it happened and now here I am pregnant one time let me just tell you it only takes one time for you to follow your heart and get out of the presence of God and get out of the will of God and you'll find yourself in a place that you never thought you'd be you'll find yourself like the prodigal son winding up in the hog pen wondering how in the world he ever got to that point. When we follow our heart, it will take us out of the will of God. That's where the battle is. Is your heart right with God today? Are you sure that your heart's at where it's supposed to be? The battle's not only in your heart, but the battle is also in your head. One old man told me this one time. He said, Preacher, the biggest battle you'll ever fight is in between your ears. The biggest battle we'll ever face is in between our ears because the devil begins to whisper stuff to us. The devil begins to tell us stuff that's not there. And how many people know is we buy into what we hear. We buy into what we hear. We buy into those words. We buy into that stuff. And before we know it, we've bought into the lies of the devil. When the devil tells you God don't care. When the devil tells you you don't need to be faithful to the house of God. When the devil tells you you don't need to tithe. You don't need to do this. You 
don't need to do that. We will buy into that lie and we'll find ourselves in a battle, in a spiritual war going on inside of our head. If you don't think it's real, friend, there is a real spiritual warfare. There is real spiritual war. And it takes place up inside of your mind when you start to harbor thoughts, when anger and bitterness get in your mind instead of forgiveness and love. When anger gets in there, it takes you out of the will and the presence of God. He takes us out from where we need to be with the Lord. And some of you today have been fighting that battle in between your ears. Temptations got a hold of you. Trials have got a hold of you. Problems have got a hold of you. And all these things going on within your head. And you're playing them over and over and over. But what we need to do as the children of God is to understand that He is greater than anything we'll ever face. Any lie the devil ever tells. When the devil speaks, he speaketh a lie. He is the father of it. We need to cast him away and send him back to hell where he came from and understand that whom the Son sets free is free indeed. We're not bound. We don't have to live bound. We don't have to live in captivity. We don't have to live in warfare. We can stand free because if God be for me, who can be against me? No weapon formed against me shall prosper. I can stand because God stands for me. I can get the battle out of my mind because God is still real. Some of you today need to get your mind cleared up. The battle takes place right up here. And it takes us away from the presence of God. Takes us out of the present. You say, preacher, how'd you come about this message? You said you was going to tell us. Well, let me just tell you today. A few months ago, I was on my way to Conway. And I told my wife, I said, honey, you need to be off work by such and such a time. Because we got to get on the road. And I got to get to Conway. When I get to Conway, I got to get dressed. I got to get all this stuff. And then I got to drive back toward Aner to the church. She said, all right. So she gets to church, or she gets to the house on time. But she calls me on the way there, and she says, Honey, she said something wrong with a car. She said the car's messed up. Now she's driving the Suburban at the time, and that's what we're about to take down there, because I'm taking my table, CDs, T-shirts, all this stuff, plus the kids and everything. And, and, and so now, all of a sudden, I get frustrated. I said, What do you mean the car's messed up? She said, The car's messed up. If a woman ever calls you and says the car's messed up, you better count it, because it's, it, it's for sure messed up. And uh, she she pulled into the house and, and I drove the car and sure enough it's popping and clicking and it's, it's riding like a horse and buggy. And so I get it back to the house and I said just forget it. I said pack up my car let's go. We pack up my car. While I'm trying to pack the car, the kids are running through the car, in and out of the car getting everything that I've packed and taking it back out. And so now I'm getting frustrated. Now I'm out there going would you stop and let me pack the car and you know how quick you get frustrated and start raising your voice and you start yelling and I said just stop just stop I'm trying to hurry now so we get in the car we get we get going down the road. I said, honey, uh, y'all understand this because we y'all live in Spartanburg. I live in Emmon. And so I said, honey, on the way out down 26, I got to stop at Reedville Road. They got my dry cleaning there. And I got to go in and pick the stuff up. That's what I'm wearing this weekend. She said, all right. So we go down the road. We flying, getting down to Reedville Road. I pull into the dry cleaners. I grab my ticket because where, where I take my dry cleaning, if you have no ticket, you have no clothes is what she said. 
So I pulled my ticket out and I was walking in the door and I looked at my ticket. I was at the wrong dry cleaner. I had took my dry cleaning to Inman that week because I wanted to make it faster for me when I had to leave. So I get back in the car. I slam the door shut because I'm already frustrated now. The car's messed up. I mean, the kids is back there screaming. I don't know what I'm going to do. So I slam the door and I get in the car and Candy said, what's wrong? I said, I left my dry cleaning in Inman. She said, well, now let's go back again. So I turn around. I'm flying back to Inman. I run in the dry cleaners. I grab my clothes from the woman like I'm somebody. And I'm telling her, hurry, I got to go. Now I got to go. I get the dry cleaning in the car. I get back in the car. Candy looks at me. She says, honey, we got to run back by the house. I forgot my medicine. And I looked at her. and I said, how in the world can you forget your medicine? Just like any good woman, she looked at me and said, probably the same way you forgot your clothes. See, see, y'all laughing right now because y'all know this is true stuff. This is real life stuff right here. And you can act sanctified and holy like it don't happen to you, but you a liar. Hey, bless God, you know it happens to you at home. And so I take her by the house. She's getting out the car. I yell out the window, hurry up. It's 2.30. I'm already an hour late. She gets back in the car. She says, honey, we got to get the kids something to eat. I mean, I said, are you kidding me? Why hadn't they ate? She said, go get them something to eat. I said, I don't have time for this. Now, I, I'm taking you somewhere. I'm telling you. You can laugh, but I'm taking you somewhere. I get to Burger King. I pull in. I pull up to the drive drive through. I roll the window down. I said, what y'all want? They went, hold on, let me look. <laughs> now, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm getting frustrated now. I'm, I'm past frustrated. I'm getting angry. You told me to pull in the Burger King. Know what you want when I get to the window. So I order everything. And Candy looks at me. She said, I'm going to get that salad. I said, all right. Whatever. I tell them what. I pull up to the window and I pay the woman. Now, now, I'm, now I'm, about to, I'm at my breaking point. And you know what she says? Could you please pull forward? We ain't got your food ready yet. Oh, no. So I rolled the window up, and I right away I said, you've got to be kidding me. We're at a fast food joint. There ain't nothing fast about it. Why am I having to pull forward? It's just a salad and a hamburger. Then my son, my six-year-old, he chimes in. He said, I know, Daddy. Why ain't they got the food ready? So, hold on. But do you see what's taking place? Now, my attitude... It's now falling off on my six-year-old. And now I'm influencing my child to act crazy like me. So she brings the food to me. And we get in the car and I'm driving down the road. And Kendi eats that salad. She said, ooh, this is nasty. <laughs> so what I do, what any good husband would do. I said, tip number one, don't ever order a salad from a fast food joint. I said, you know what? I said, I don't even want to hear it. Just pull over. I'll eat the salad. Just, just hush. No, I don't want to. I said, pull. Just pull. We're pulling over. I'm angry now. Okay? 
Now I'm frustrated. Everything's going wrong. I pull the car over. Candace sets the salad up on the dash. She climbs across. I walk around. I get back in there and I buckle my seatbelt. And she just nails the gas getting back on 26. Salad come all over me. Dressing laying all over my lap. My shirt is covered in dressing. Now I'm mad. I'm screaming, stop the car. Just stop the car. She says, why? I said, because I got salad all over me. You can't see it. Stop the car. She pulls over on the side of the road. I get out. And yeah, I, I admit it right now. Take me to jail. I littered on the side of 26. I'm just throwing junk out. Throwing stuff out in the car. When I get out, I kick. There, there's this cup of Cheerios or Fruit Loops and I kick them. And Fruit Loops goes all over the car. And if anybody knows me, I can't stand my car to be dirty. I can't stand it. I hate it. But Fruit Loops everywhere. I'm throwing Fruit Loops out. Candy's screaming for me to hurry up. I'm screaming back at her. The kids are screaming in the back. I finally get back in the car and I shut the door and I said everybody just hush (laughs) so I'm sitting there on the way there and Candy's driving you know what I did then Joe I tried to act all spiritual and pull my Bible out and and wonder what I was going to preach that night (laughs) like God was about to talk to me (laughs) you know what I mean let me tell you why. Listen to me now. Listen. It's funny of what happens. But watch this now. It's our attitudes and it's our mindset that takes us out of the presence of God. It's our attitudes. Listen to me now. I feel God right there. And it's our mindset that will take us out of the presence of God. You wonder why you ain't hearing God, ma'am. You wonder why you ain't feeling God, sir. You might need to check your attitude. You might need to check what's going on inside of your mind. Because when the war begins to rage, we get into our flesh real quick and then we want God to speak to us in the spirit all of a sudden like we super spiritual God's not going to speak to you when you're living like that and when you're acting like that God wasn't about to give me a sermon Joe because my mind was so tormented right there I'm fighting the devil I'm fighting time I'm fighting against my family I'm angry I'm frustrated I mean I'm just playing out mad and I cannot get in the spirit if I wanted to See, that's where many of us are living today. We come into church bitter. We come into church angry at the preacher or angry at this or angry at that and wonder why God's not filling us. We've got to get our minds cleared. We've got to get refocused. And notice everywhere in the Bible that the Holy Ghost came and changed their life. The Bible said that when they got together as a group in Acts chapter number 2, they were gathered there together all in one heart and one mind and one accord. They had their minds fixed on Jesus. And all of a sudden the Bible said, like a mighty rushing wind, the Holy Ghost of God came in and sat down on every one of them. That's our desire today. But to get to the power and the presence of God, we've got to make sure our minds are cleared up. I'm driving down the road, Conway. Candy's driving. We ain't even talking. I'm sitting over there wondering what in the world am I about to preach. I'm running late. That brings me to point number two. The problem with the battle. The problem's in the battle. What's the problem? Number one, it hinders your, it hinders your progress. When you got your mind affected 
and the battle's raging in your mind, it will hinder you from getting where God wants you to go. You say, prove it to me in the Word. I'm glad you asked me to. Go back to Exodus, bound chapter number 12. When these people start coming out, Israel's coming out of Egypt, and they run up on the Red Sea, and a bunch of them said, let's just go back to Egypt. The problem was hindering their progress. God wanted them on the other side of the Red Sea. God had their prize on the other side. God had their blessing over there, but they were willing to turn around and go backwards. It will hinder you from getting to where God wants you to go. Friend, may I tell you this today. You may have a battle going on in your mind, and it will hinder you from getting on that altar and getting the help that God has for you. How many times have you walked in church and your mind been messed up and you walked out never getting on the altar, getting the help that God has promised you? It will hinder you from getting to where you need to be. It will hinder you from worship. It will hinder you from praise. It will hinder you from the very presence of God. Hey, had they turned around, they never would experience the power of God. But with the breath of His nostrils, the Bible said, He parted the Red Sea. Aren't you glad today that there ain't no problem too big for God? With the breath of His nostrils, He parted the sea. If He just breathes, something going to happen. I'm glad today that He's a God that can fix everything. He's a God that can save anybody. He's a God that can heal anybody. He's a God that can clear it up. He's never been defeated. He's never been discouraged. He's never been dismayed. He's a God that never sleeps nor slumbers. He's a God that is a refuge and a strength. He's a God that is a healer. I wish somebody would go with me this morning. He's a God that is the rock and my shelter. He is my God today. And no matter what I'm facing, no matter what I'm fighting, He will not be beaten. It'll hinder you from getting to where you need to go. Now let me, let me get in my story some more. So I get to Conway. I check in the hotel. I never stay in the hotel when I'm in Conway. And I did. This time. I got in the hotel, got the kids in. I looked at Candy. And I said, honey, just stay here because I don't feel like dealing with trying to get these kids ready. I don't feel like arguing with you. I don't feel like fighting with you. I've got to go preach. Just stay right here. Don't even worry about it. She said, fine, I'll just stay here. So I get in the shower. I'm mad while I'm in the shower. I'm talking about I'm boiling mad while I'm in the shower. I get out and I put my suit on and I'm slinging stuff around like I'm somebody. My son's acting like me, acting like a fool. And he's over there slinging stuff. I walk to the mirror, Josh, and I'm putting my tie on and I'm fixing my dimple in my tie and I look in the mirror and I see myself for just a minute and I looked at my wife and I said see I said what's about to happen is is I'm about to have to walk in that church and put a smile on my face and act like everything is alright act like somebody that I'm not I said I'm walking in that church a hypocrite I'm walking in that church a fake I'm not ready to get behind that pulpit I'm not in tune with God I said I'm not where I need to be with the Lord and I said here I am about to walk in that church I said I'm about to have to go in there and fake I know nobody up here at Turning Point ever faked it before when they come in the house. No, I know y'all don't do that. I know y'all ain't never done that. Y'all judge me because I know y'all ain't done it. It's easy to walk in somewhere and try to put a smile on your face, but inside, inside your heart's tormented. Inside you don't even want to be there. Let's just face it. You didn't even want to be there. So I'm, I'm getting dressed 
and I put my tie on, I go to get my belt, and I forgot my belt. So I storm out, and I go to Walmart, I get a belt. I'm coming out of Walmart, I'm mad, I'm driving toward Aner. Candy calls. And I answered the phone, I said, what? What? Huh? Let me just go ahead and tell you something about preachers. They're human just like you are. They bleed just like you do. They hurt like you do. And they fight with their wives just like you do. And I said, what, what, what do you want? She said, I'm coming to church. I said, whatever, I don't care. I ain't coming back by there because I ain't got time. She said, I got a ride. Don't worry about it. I'm coming, we're coming to church. So I get to church and I walk in Mount Trolley. Mount Charlie's got two chairs sitting in there for you, and I sit down in those chairs. And I'm sitting there trying to muster up what any spirit I actually have. I mean, I'm trying to muster up anything that I can, and I'm sitting in that chair thinking, my God. They're in there singing, and I'm thinking, I don't even want to be here. Because my, my mind is so tormented, I don't even want to be here. My family walks in and Eli stands outside there with me. Don't forget, I still don't know what I'm about to preach. I pull my iPad out and I start flipping through sermons. And finally, I just said, that's it. That's what I'm preaching right there. That's it. End of story. I ain't got time to sit here and beg. I ain't got time to sit. I, that's what I'm preaching. I walk into church like I'm somebody. Before I walked in those doors, I was like, okay, get yourself together. I walk in, and I walk to the front row. I sat on this side of the front row. Their church is set up kind of like this. three. Row. I sit on the front row, and I'm just sitting there. And I'm mad. I'm boiling. I mean, I, I, I mean I, I'm, I'm not getting to where I need to be with God. This thing's hindering me from getting there. And, I mean, I cannot get in the Spirit at all. And, and all of a sudden, I look over to my, to my right, and there was a girl in the second row sitting in the middle, 16-year-old girl. She jumped up out of her pew, and she's standing there with her arms up in the air and tears flowing down her face, and she is weeping, and she's praising God, and I get mad even more. You know why? Because people get mad when you praise God because they ain't doing it. Amen? They can't do it, and I couldn't at that moment. And God began to whoop me, and I turned my Bible to Ephesians chapter number 6 and I saw that scripture for we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness it's those things that take us out of the will of God and out of the presence of God and right there on my face I fell down and said God Lord please forgive me God I've made a fool of myself God I've acted crazy today Lord this thing has hindered my praise it's hindered my progress God I'm sorry I'm down on my face begging Begging God for forgiveness. Begging God to do something for me. Begging God to move in there. And all of a sudden, God began to move on me again. When you get things right with God, when you repent of the wrong, when you get it fixed with God, He will speak again. Aren't you glad today that God didn't just walk away from you? That God didn't just leave you? That God didn't just throw His hands upon you? But God, in His mercy and in His grace, 
will forgive you and speak to you yet again. I sure am glad when I've acted like that, when I've acted like a sinner, when I've acted crazy, I've acted like that millions of times, but I sure am glad that God is merciful and gracious and will forgive me. And it was right there on that front row that God began to speak to my heart, that God began to draw me together. And I went to write down my thoughts and I didn't even have a stinking pen nowhere. I got a pen, didn't have no paper. Right there on the front row, I kid you not. You know, that's my wife. Right there on the front row was a box of Kleenexes. And I took that Kleenex out and I folded it just like that right there, Joe. And I wrote, I wrote this sermon on a Kleenex just like that right there. Real quickly, I wrote one, two, three. And I wrote this sermon down. And then I said, God, how in the world am I about to preach off a Kleenex? God, how am I about to do that? I ain't studied this. God, I don't know nothing about this. God said, son, you've been living this all day. The devil's trying to get you out of the presence of of the Lord. He's trying to get you out of the will of God. And we allow those little things to to, to hinder us and to hold us back. And I got up there and I began to preach. God began to pour out. God began to feel. Aren't you glad when you empty yourself before God that He will fill you? Ephesians chapter number 5 and verse number 18 says this hey be ye not drunk with wine wherein is excess but be ye filled with the spirit aren't you glad when you empty yourself before God he will fill you God can't take something that's already full of the world and fill it again with him if you're full of anger and malice and all this stuff God ain't going to fill you no more than what you already are but when you empty yourself when you pour out before God when you empty yourself God will begin to pour into you and there's some of you this morning you need to get on your face and you need to empty yourself out before God and let Him fill you that way when you leave here you'll leave here different you'll leave here pouring over into somebody else's life God began to fill me the problem of the battle number three we're done the power the power that's in the battle What power do we have? Look at verse number 13. What's it say? Verse number 13. Give me your Bible. (laughs) Therefore take up the whole armor of God that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand... Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. He said, having done all to stand, stand therefore. See, there's some of you today, you've been knocked down on the battlefield. You've been sitting down on the battlefield. But there's some of you today need to grab the weapon that God's given you. The power we have in the battle is the weapon that God has supplied you with. The weapon that God has given you. When Jesus was being tempted in the wilderness by the devil, what did He fight Him with? Joe. He fought him with the word of God. It's a hey, it's a sword. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, cutting into the dividing asunder, even into the bone and marrow. It's a powerful weapon. And when Satan comes attacking, you start throwing the word at him, and he will run. Ephesians says, "Resist the devil, and he will flee." That word "resist" in the Greek means to fight back. When you start fighting back, the devil's got to go, because I've got a weapon that will 
will shut his mouth. I've got a weapon that will win every single time. But you have to know how to use it. Do I got anybody in here that was in the Marines? Anybody? Any Marines? Anybody? Watch this. My cousin was. My cousin said, Wes, they gave us our rifles. He said, we had to sleep with our rifles in our bed. He said, we had to name our rifles. He said, everywhere you went, that rifle went. You went to the bathroom, that rifle went to the bathroom. He said, at night time, he said, we would say this. This is my rifle. There are many like it, but this one is mine. Without my rifle, I am useless. Without me, my rifle is useless. I said, why did y'all care so much about it? He said this to me. I'll never forget it. He said, because that rifle was standing between me and somebody that wanted to kill me. You say, preacher, what you talking about? Hey, they had to know every piece of that rifle. If something was taken apart, if somebody took something off of it, they had to know it. They had to know how to put it together. They had to know how to take it apart. They had to know the ins and the outs. He said, because if that rifle messed up on the battlefield, I needed to know how to fix it to save my life. You say, preacher, what you talking about? God's given us a weapon. But the problem is, as many people don't know nothing about it. You can't even quote the scripture. Hey, the Bible said, the psalmist said, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. You ain't going to have a Bible every time you need it. You need to have the word in your heart and throw it back at the devil. John 3.16 only carry you so far. You need to know more. You need to know your weapon. You need to dig in deep. You need to know the word of God that when the devil comes attacking you start throwing it at him and cut him up and be done. The weapon and the wardrobe put on the whole armor of God. Not half of it. All of it. Put on every bit of it. And he said, having done all to stand, stand therefore. There's some of you today that's been knocked down on the battlefield. You've been knocked down with problems in your family. You've been knocked down with problems in your finances. You've been knocked down with problems around the church. Whatever it is, you need to get back up today and get back on the battlefield and say, I'm here to fight for my Lord. I'm here to fight. I'm taking up the sword again and I'm fighting. Let me tell you this. If you'll come on, sis, just play softly. So, we're nearing the end of service at Mount Trolley. And I'm poor in sweat. Then people up in Conway don't believe in air conditioning, amen. I'm poor in sweat. And I get done and I stand up on the front pew. And I said, anybody in here today, heads bowed, eyes closed. I said, anybody, anybody in here will raise their hand today and say, preacher, I'm not sure I'm saved. And I started over here on the left side of church and hands started popping up. Got to the center and hands started popping up. I think we had five already popped up and I looked over to the right side of the church. And there was a hand that I recognized. Brother Joe. There was a hand sticking up in the back that I recognized. And that little hand kept sticking up and he was waving. And I looked back there and it was my little six-year-old boy. And he had his hand up. Brother Tim, and he kept looking at me, and he was going, Daddy, me, me. And I gave altar call, and people started coming forward. Man, I, the aisles, both aisles was filled up back into the aisles. Man, they were over on the sides. They were in pews. And here come my six-year-old down the wall. My wife got with a little girl right here and led her to the Lord. And I got over on that front pew, the same place, the same place I was sitting when I begged God to forgive me just minutes earlier. And I got down on that front pew and I said, Son, 
can you tell your daddy why you come down here today? And he said, Daddy, because I need to be saved. And I said, Son, do you even know what being saved means? He said, Yes, sir. I said, Tell me. He said, It means I ain't got to go to hell and that I've been forgiven. And I said, Tell me how you've been forgiven, son. I mean, I'm just drilling him. And he looked up at me and he said, Daddy, because Jesus died for me. Because Jesus died for me. And I said, Son, that's exactly what it is. And I sat there and listened to my six year old said, Lord, I'm a sinner. God, would you please come into my heart and save me? Would you please forgive me? And I got to witness my six-year-old being saved. You say, preacher, what are you talking about? Had I quit and had I went home and had I stayed in that hotel room, I never would have gotten to see my boy get right. But aren't you glad today that Jesus can overcome every battle in your life and get you to the victory? I walked out of, I walked in there messed up that day, but I walked out of there on cloud nine. About seven people done got saved, but one of them was mine, and I was thrilled. I'm glad that Jesus can take my mistakes and take my mess-ups and turn them into His miracle. It does not matter what you're going through today. It don't matter what you're facing today. It don't matter what's going on in your head. You can walk out of here today free of it all. There's power in the battle. Power. As you stand at your feet, quietly as you can, heads bowed and eyes closed all over the house. I wonder how many people today, how many Christians I got in the house today, say, preacher, I've been, I've been fighting some battles now. Fighting some battles in my home or, or wherever, but preacher, I've got some, I got some lost loved ones. I've been fighting battles for them. Lord, whatever it is, would you raise your hands this morning? Preacher, I'm fighting some battles. Get your hands up high. Get them up high. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Now I wonder how many people in here today that just raised their hand will say, Preacher, I'm willing to get the help. I'm willing to get on. I'm willing to fight, Preacher. I'm willing to get the help from God. How many people will raise their hand and say, I'm willing, Preacher, to receive the help that God has for me. I'm willing to get on the battlefield and fight. Hey, I'm willing to do it. God bless you. One more question and then we're moving. I wonder if there's anybody in here today. Nobody looking around, but maybe there's somebody to say, Preacher, I'm not sure I'm saved. I'm just not positive that if I died right now, I'd go to heaven. I'm not sure, Preacher. If that's you, would you just slip your hand up to me and put it right back down? I promise you, I won't embarrass you. And I won't call you out. But maybe there's one today, Preacher, I'm not sure I'm saved. Preacher, I'm not sure I'm right with God and on my way to heaven. You Christians in here today that's been in the battle and you've come through many times, maybe you need to get on your face and thank God for what He's done. As he begins to sing today, as soon as the first word comes out of his mouth, I don't want you to wait. I want you to make up in your mind, I'm going to that altar. And I'm getting some help today. I'm tired of fighting these battles in my heart. And I'm tired of fighting in my head. I'm going to get some help today. I'm going to put on the whole armor of God.